0: Well, just for you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers.
1: It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin.
2: Welcome in to a brand new week here on the Sports Mix. It's a Monday edition of the Sports Mix after our first high school football weekend. In the state of West Virginia, Spencer Dupuy joined alongside Nick Verslini and Colin McLaughlin today. Happy to have you with us for the sports mix, the first one of the week. And how you doing, guys? Doing, doing well, great. Spencer. Yeah. Well, you Happy guys Monday. Don't, you guys don't have to talk at the same time. You
3: know, I really thought that since Colin was our guest, he would let me talk first.
4: <laughs> I apologize. It won't happen again. <laughs> it better not. Okay. This will be your last. Happy Monday, the show. by the way.
2: Yeah. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. We got a lot to talk about today. We'll start it out. Uh, Before we start out, this show is sponsored in part by Brown's Funeral Home and Cremation. Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned and operated, full-service funeral home that has proudly served our area since 1880. Big weekend in pro sports this past weekend. NFL final week of the preseason. A lot to talk about. A lot to unpack. A lot of people played that really shouldn't have played, and that really hurt for uh, Nick's beloved Ravens. Yeah. J.K. Dobbins is going to be out for
3: the year if a torn uh, ACL and maybe even LCL damage. So it was a significant loss. But if the Ravens were going to lose a player, even though I think Dobbins is the more dynamic running back, they do have a good quality backup in Gus Edwards to go to. Now they're looking for a pass catcher. I've heard rumors that Todd Gurley could be in the mix because he's from Baltimore. Uh, Le'Veon Bell God, is an heard, option. I have not
2: heard Todd Gurley in a minute
3: yeah i mean he's not very good anymore and i I feel like that'd be a a reach to go get him well he's a free agent right now still yeah he's a free agent but i'm just saying he he's got knee issues so i don't really like that option i mean to me they have some talented guys that have played well in the preseason to give an opportunity to uh i believe his name is tyshawn williams he's a rookie who looked pretty good you know number 34 um but, yeah, if they if they were going to lose a position, at least they do have Gus Edwards that they can rely on. But, obviously, I, I prefer Dobbins as a all-around back. Uh, So, in that
2: game, that impact. It was a beat-down game. Okay, but... let <laughs> me talk about this first. The Ravens visited the Washington football team just, what was it, like a 45-minute drive down 95? Yeah. I mean, Something like that? The Landover football team, I guess we should call them, because that's where they play. <laughs> All but... right, whatever. It was 37-7, but. Three. Thirty seven to three. I but gave I gave four extra points. Give Dustin to my team. Hopkins his
3: point, his yeah, his credit.
2: Um but it was a record, twenty NFL preseason games won by the Ravens. Are you happy to be part of a be a fan of a team that I has don't a, really care. a preseason record? And you know John Harbaugh, you know good and well he was going for that record. He was. And it's the preseason.
3: Well, the only thing is it was a record over Vince Lombardi. So Okay, fair enough. That's kind of what he was going for. And it's, un- it's an unofficial record, though, so I don't really care about it.
4: Yeah, he was going for it, and he lost his uh, I don't running think back that's number one in the process. I don't think that's why he lost his running so. back.
3: Yeah, I mean, what do you think about that? Great idea. I mean, look, they should have not played Dobbins. I get why Lamar played, because Lamar hadn't played all preseason, but Dobbins had played in the preseason. But I also feel like sometimes with injuries, like if a guy's going to get hurt, sometimes it's just they kind of get hurt. So, I don't know. I mean, it is what it is, like I said. If he got hurt later in the season, you know, he got hurt. I mean, guys are going to get hurt throughout the year.
2: Yeah, they're going to get hurt. I mean, that's kind of what happens, right? Yeah. Uh, Well, we're not really a Ravens affiliate here, so let's talk about the Washington football team. I know calling uh, over Well, it was Colin that matchup. So. Yeah, well, let's, we got about, uh, what is it, 20, just less than 28 hours until NFL cut down deadline from 80 to 53. That's a lot to cut down.
4: That is true, but let's start, I think – Uh with the big question mark that was coming into the year, and that was who was going to be quarterback number one between Ryan Fitzpatrick and Taylor Heineke. And it sounds like, according to NFL sources and everybody out there, that uh, it's going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick being that week one starter, which is what I expected out of the uh, oh, So yeah. That's what I said coming into the season. Don't get me wrong. I loved what Heineke did there against Tampa Bay in the playoffs, yeah. but – when it came down to it, I did not think he would be a starter in the NFL yet. And he'll he'll they definitely that guy start like some Ryan. games. Yeah, he probably because
2: will. Because Fitzpatrick goes Fitzmagic, Fitz and then he goes Fitztragic. Yes. So there'll be a game or two in which Taylor Heineke at least starts. I think
3: that's the thing about having Ryan Fitzpatrick as the starter while... He does have his moments of greatness. He's also only had one season with a winning record of 10-6. I believe he's 59-89 in his career. So that could be the thing that holds them back. And I like Heineke's mobility. I think he gives them a little bit more as our TV went out. So I don't know if our single's out on that end or if it's just our TV in the studio. But
2: it might just be
4: internet, so let's keep going yeah. for now.
3: Um, I mean,
2: we're, we're streaming. Yeah, I so, mean, I don't maybe. know. Who knows? But, uh,
3: you know, in terms of – I think Heineke will end up being the starter toward the end of the season. I'm willing to say that. Unless, though, Fitzpatrick is actually on a good team for once, but also he's on a good team in Miami last year and he didn't have a winning record as a starter. Now, he came in and won a lot of the games that Tua was credited, I guess you could say, as the winning quarterback. He came in and won a lot of those games because Tua struggled. But I still – I don't know. He might hold this team back so I could see Heineke taking over at some point.
2: Yeah, and uh, something you else got to talk about is that wide receiver position is stacked. Do they? How many do they keep? Do, are you going to keep DeAndre Carter as the punt returner, or are you going to trust uh, somebody else to be the punt returner? In my mind, it makes more
3: sense to keep a player that you can use on offense, and not keep just a player that's going to be just a punt returner. To me if you're going to have to keep a seven-wide receiver because looking at their roster I don't think they can keep seven wide receivers and still have, you know, and and cut a guy like maybe a Jarrett Patterson or something or a Peyton Barber who yeah. probably has more valuable value to you if you have to give up that guy opposed to just keeping Carter just to return punts and kicks, especially in in a league now where kickoffs are essentially just a touchback 90% of the time if not more.
2: My thing is do they end up keeping three quarterbacks? I don't know. They might not. They might not. Because you could
4: probably. I think they'll keep three. It'll probably be my guess. Would be Fitzpatrick, Heineke, and then. Uh, well, I mean, Allen.
2: Allen's a given. But I'm saying, do you try to get? Do you try to put him on the practice squad? I don't know. I mean, it's a. I mean, it's somebody tough. might poach him, but it's a possibility. Right? At the end of the day, it's your third string quarterback. I was yeah. about
4: to say, with Washington's just injury history when it comes to quarterbacks, I always want them to keep at least three. <laughs> That's, That's just
3: me. I, I think it's interesting because we were watching the pregame show on NBC Sports Washington and they kept talking about how Gandhi Golden could be a trade piece. Yeah. I thought that was pretty interesting. I was not expecting that. And it makes some sense if they feel like they can get some value. I mean, we'll see as the, the deadline approaches, you know, if a trade comes up where you can get maybe a four for third round pick for the guy, maybe you do deal them. Uh, but he was a, what a 6th or 5th round pick for the football team when they invested in him so they invested yeah. a draft pick in him either way so they were they're looking to keep him I would think but Again, if you feel like Carter maybe gives you more with the punt returning and you don't know how much Candy Golden would see the field, you get some value for him. It could make sense.
2: All right, well, we've wrapped up the first segment. This segment was sponsored in part by Parsons Ford. Kent Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons Ford of Martinsburg.com. We come back on the other side of this break, we'll break down some high school football action from this past weekend as it got underway on Friday night. We'll talk about our game that we had right here on our airwaves in martinsburg and then we'll talk about the rest of the pack and then maybe get into a little triple a action So, big shocker that happened in the southern end of the state that's next on the sports mix
5: Safety doesn't come from owning a gun, it's knowing how to safely use it. Valley Guns 2 off I-81 Exit 5 Inwood offers four levels of defensive handgun training. Get started with Basic Handgun 1, a one-day course focused on six fundamentals of shooting, basic safety, and gun handling. Then sign up for basic, intermediate, and advanced defensive handgun courses. Valley Guns 2 has a 197-acre complex in Hampshire County with a 2,400-square-foot indoor facility and various ranges. Find out more at valleyguns2.com or phone 304-229-4411.
6: WVU Medicine introduces a new minimally invasive hysterectomy surgery to our area. v is an advanced gynecologic technique that provides many benefits to patients such as shorter hospital stays, less post-operative pain, faster recoveries and no visible scars. Dr. Aaron Miller and Dr. Lori Tucker with WVU Medicine OBGYN in Martinsburg are the only OBGYNs in the Baltimore, Washington metropolitan area currently offering this cutting edge procedure. WVU Medicine, the future of surgery is here.
3: NCAA Division II football returns to TV 10 with the Shepard University Rams. Big hole for Sheldon Evans running off the left side. 15, 10, 5, And so touchdown, Sheldon Evans. This is Nick Verzellini, and be sure to join Travis Smith and me on Thursday, September 2nd, as the Rams travel to Ohio Dominican to take on the Panthers. Pre-game coverage begins at 6.30 with kickoff scheduled for 7 p.m. Catch all the action all season long on TV 10 and the WRNR TV YouTube channel.
2: Welcome back to the Monday, August 30th edition of the Sports Mix. Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us for this Monday edition. First, before we get into some high school recap action, I'd like to give a shout out to my dad. His birthday is today. He's watching back home in Leesburg, Virginia. Uh, always got to shout out the pops, you know.
4: Happy birthday, Papa Dupuis.
2: Papa Dupuis. Yeah. Well, All right. How old is he now? 65. Uh, That's a big All righty, one. Alrighty, yeah. A big one. Milestone. It is a milestone, I guess. I don't know. He's probably not happy that I just said his age on there. <laughs> All right, let's talk about high school football in the Mountain State this past weekend. Got it going, and Martinsburg got the big W35-21 to over perennial Virginia powerhouse, Salem. And they remain ranked number one in the Metro News power rankings. And then uh, what do you guys think about that game? Nick, you were back here. Colin, you were on the – on sidelines I think it was a great game to show that there's it was I think it was an overall game that it was a great game but the Martinsburg defensive line showed out they had I think six or seven sacks in the game and just offense that offense is powerful
3: I think the thing that impressed me and we'll kind of talk about this with Coach Sherman when we have him on in this next segment is how it seems like whatever errors or whatever things that Martinsburg has going wrong, it's able to clean up very quickly because last uh, last time we saw them play it was the scrimmage, and the big takeaway besides you know how well they looked on offense was a lot of penalties, and that yeah. seemed to be cleaned up. And then the first half turning over the football, they had two turnovers, I believe, on interceptions. Now they were kind of fluke plays, but still they cleaned that up in the second half and were able to pull away, and that kind of – I think those quick adjustments and ability to, you know, quickly get rid of your mistakes, I think, shows, you know, how well this team is coached and, and the talent the players uh, the talent of the players on the roster.
4: Yeah, the thing that I loved was uh the success that I think both quarterbacks had in Murphy Clement and Ezra Bajant. However, I thought that I really wanted to see more of the deep ball and more risk taking from that Martinsburg Bulldog team. I think that they could have put the nail in the coffin sooner than they did, and you saw that early in that uh, third quarter, I believe that first drive, you had the deep ball touchdown that was eventually called back by the holding, followed by the beautiful wheel route by Hudson Clement that he stayed in bounds to get that touchdown on, and those were really the only two deep balls other until later on when they went for the fourth down conversions later in that fourth quarter that we saw the entire game. It kind of went back to more of just the little motion screens, sometimes a little slant. But there wasn't as many risks that it seemed like were paying off each time they did. So I thought that there should have been more of those big risks. And I think it could have been a higher scoring opportunity for Martinsburg. And why wouldn't you want to see that?
2: Yeah, I think that that's a, a good thing there, a good point there. And we'll talk about the other games. We'll start with the opening night game on Thursday night that we had Washington just all over Hedgesville, twenty to nothing. We kind of t- touched on that on the on the show Thursday a little bit. You and, and Brandon Ruffin did, and then I talked about it a little bit when I came on. Um, Hedgesville just couldn't get anything going. They had sixty-seven total yards of offense.
3: Yeah, they had that one drive right when they came out of the lightning delay, where it looked like okay, Hedgesville might be putting it together here. They got down inside the twenty, I believe it was, and then a turnover happened. So. It was miscues throughout the game that really held held Hedgesville Hedgesville back. I think they had some moments of bright spots, especially on the defensive side of the ball more so than offense. But, uh, you know, obviously the key for that team is putting up points. They didn't do that very much last year, only scoring 10 points, and they only got shut out in their opening game this year. So, you know, moving forward, I think, you know, getting rid of those penalties, getting rid of those turnovers, obviously will help you put up more points and I think there was some potential shown but obviously Washington I think was the cleaner football team in terms of you know not having as many penalties and not having as many turnovers Uh, obviously you know that those are the keys to winning a lot of the time
4: yeah and I think kind of just said it with Martinsburg taking the bigger risks I don't think Hedgesville really took any risks at all there in that game against Washington I don't really remember any passing plays by them and if there was some, maybe it was turnovers. I don't really know because, as we said, they got shut out, and that's yeah. typically what we saw last year, only scoring 10 points in the entire season. And what we hear from Hedgesville is that they're going to be better, and we've, even though it's only been one week, we didn't see that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think there were some points. Like I think Nick kind of mentioned it. When they came out of the two delays, they looked like they had a drive going both yes. times. And then it just fell flat. Turned it over. You know whatever happened after it. But I just think they came out with a spark after those delays, but they just couldn't pound it in.
3: For me, that was the turn- turning point in the game. Even though it was an eleven nothing deficit already at that point, I think when they had their momentum, they completely lost it. and yeah. then Washington just took full advantage.
2: Well, let's talk about another Friday, or the other one of the other Friday night games in the EPAC, Jefferson all over Millbrook of Virginia 55 to 23 you know Jefferson expected to be a pretty good team this year
3: looks like it yeah I mean pretty big performance for them and you know I think that was a little bit of a statement you know I don't know much about Millbrook but I mean to put up 55 points uh shows that you're certainly I expected it to be much closer based on how Jefferson performed last year so I think they're definitely taking a step up this year
4: yeah Jefferson still had that explosive offense last year though, and that's exactly what we saw again against Millbrook this year. Another thing to add on to it. I don't know if you guys saw it. I think I showed uh Spencer. I don't know if you saw it Nick at new turf there in Jefferson oh, yeah. absolutely it looks gorgeous beautiful multicolored. End zones, that maroon and old gold, it's a nice place. I can't wait to see them. I don't know if Martinsburg goes there this year, but I know definitely at the end of the year we have the Washington-Jefferson game, which I actually, now that I think about it, it's at Washington. So I don't know if we have a broadcast at Jefferson. We'll have to figure that out. We'll at least
2: be out there for a coach interview. Yeah, at some point. Uh, Now we'll talk about the final game in the EPAC. Musselman beat up on Spring Mills 56-23. Yeah, that surprised me. Uh, seventh consecutive win over Spring
6: Mills.
3: Yeah, not so much that I think what surprised me is how well Musselman played because you know Coach Brian Thomas was on the show and he had mentioned how only three guys really had significant playing time coming back. So I I didn't expect a team with that little experience to just come out. I think it was like forty two seven at one point too. So I mean, this was just a complete beatdown by Musselman, and I didn't expect that because I've, I thought you know a, a younger team would take some time to adjust, but I think that gives credit to Coach Thomas and how he's able to you know keep his guys ready even when they're not getting playing time.
4: Yeah, and I think what's going to be interesting, I heard from Phil McCoy this morning on Eastern Panhandle Talk, a little bit of a different offense for Musselman this year. It sounded like they actually had a lot more speed and were airing it out on the passing game compared to last year when it was all that, power running game that we saw from them and that was very successful and it sounded like what Musselman brought to the table this past week against Spring Mills was successful as well so this game against Martinsburg on Friday should be a fun one
2: it should be a really fun one and we're going to go talk to Musselman head coach Brian Thomas after the show today as well as a player for the pregame segment that airs Friday evening after in the 6 p.m. pregame show hour another game that's a very significant game in AAA across the state of West Virginia was on the southern end of the state Cabell Midland upset Spring Valley 28-19 that was was a very big game we were supposed to on Friday have Luke Creasy of HD Media who's covering that game on to talk about that game but some technical difficulties didn't let us have him on but I mean that's a Big win for Cabell Midland against Spring Valley, and and uh, Martinsburg is supposed to travel to Spring or is traveling to Spring Valley at the end of the season for a game. So that may not be as big of a game if Spring Valley is gonna is, is gonna have more than one loss on their record.
3: Yeah, I think AAA throughout the state is interesting this year, but in particular the southern part. I mean, obviously Cabell Midland is usually a pretty good team. So I don't know if it was a huge upset, but it was definitely an upset to see them knock off Spring Valley, who's been. You know, probably the second best team in the state, at least over the past, uh, you know, ten years or so. So, um, to see Capital Midland knock them off, but also, you know, you have that Huntington team who beat Parkersburg. I was used to mention
2: that, yeah, it was. And Parkersburg Parkersburg last year beat Huntington, scored the first seven points, and then Huntington scored forty-seven consecutive points.
3: Yeah, I mean, and they have Bryson Singer, who's one of the best quarterbacks in the state, has an offer from Marshall. He's a very dynamic player that I got to see last year. So. You know, maybe Huntington emerges now as one of those teams. Also in AAA, that can be, you know, one of the top teams. So, I think overall, you know, those two games were interesting down there in the southern part of the state. And, uh, you know, I don't think it's a huge upset by Cowell Midland, because Cowell Midland's a pretty good team as well. But also to see Spring Valley get knocked off is always surprising.
4: Yeah, and I don't want to go saying yet that uh... – the game for Martinsburg against Spring Valley is not going to be a big one because right. records won't matter. I still don't think that Spring Valley is going to have a like horrible yeah. record. I know this is one loss already starting off with a loss isn't the best, but Martinsburg wanting to get revenge after last year is big enough.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. As we, we've we hit a break, because we'll talk to head coach Britt Sherman on the other side of this break, but this segment was sponsored by Orsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store anymore, Cabinets and Design Bedding Outdoor Living, family-owned and operated, 360 Hack Wilson Way Martinsburg. That's Orsini's.com. Also, was there on Saturday? Bought a nice Yeti. A very nice Yeti. So the good folks down at Orsini's, if you're in the area, go visit them. They have a lot of Yeti products. And if you're a Yeti guy like me, and I know Colin is a, a Yeti guy as well, you got to go down there and get your Yetis.
4: Yes, I 100% agree.
2: All right, we'll be we'll be back next for more on the Sports Mix talking to head coach of the Martinsburg Bulldogs. Britt Sherman.
5: Safety doesn't come from owning a gun, it's knowing how to safely use it. Valley Guns 2 off I-81 Exit 5 Inwood offers four levels of defensive handgun training. Get started with Basic Handgun 1, a one-day course focused on six fundamentals of shooting, basic safety, and gun handling. Then sign up for basic, intermediate, and advanced defensive handgun courses. Valley Guns 2 has a 197-acre complex in Hampshire County with a 2,400-square-foot indoor facility and various ranges. Find out more at valleyguns2.com or phone 304-229-4411. Be part of the Nats' bright future and join the team. The future here it is. Become a Nats Plus member for guaranteed opening day tickets, up to 30% off concessions and merchandise, exclusive events with Nationals players, and more. Premier plans start at just $19 per game with flexible payment options. We can't spell curly W without you.
1: Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10.
2: All right, welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix. And we're going to be joined now by uh, head coach of the Martinsburg Bulldogs, who were successful down in Salem, Virginia, 35-21. Britt Sherman, how you doing today, coach? I'm doing well, guys. How y'all doing? Pretty good. Uh, that, was a pr- that was a really good game between two powerhouses of different states on, on Friday night, and you guys came out victorious.
0: Yeah, I was uh, very pleased, uh, first of all, with the matchup. I mean, we... Uh, we're always struggling to find games and, you know, hats off to those guys for a couple of years ago, giving us a call and, and getting that matchup going. And, uh, you know, it's a beautiful stadium, just a really, really quality of in uh, Salem and just, you know, great atmosphere. Our kids really like it. Had a really good fan base following us. And, uh, you know, it was just, it was a great game. Our guys, uh, our guys came out and gave really good effort and, uh, Played extremely well in those conditions with the trip, and you know, playing against the playing against a really quality opponent.
3: Coach, one thing that impressed me about your team was, I'd say, the only negative from your John Tramp scrimmage was, you know, probably too many penalties. You guys come out and don't have nearly as many in this game, and then from the first half too, you had a few turnovers early on and really cleaned that up in the second half. What does that say, I guess, about your team and your your culture in a way that you're able to quickly uh correct your mistakes
0: well I mean that's that's one thing we we definitely pride ourselves on is uh you know not making the same mistake twice so uh, you know I feel like our guys normally have a pretty high football IQ and they uh, they learn really quickly from their mistakes now with that being said we we got we made some pretty boneheaded plays especially there toward the end of the game that uh, we really need to clean up but you know, some of that stuff is you only have a certain amount of time to work on things, and some of that stuff slips through the cracks. But uh, we're going to be doing some football one-on-one sessions uh, this week, just uh, teaching, you know, getting away from punts when uh, when the when the punch rolling and, you know, going down on the ground when you catch an onside kick and, and things like that for sure.
4: Hey, Coach, Colin McLaughlin here. Congrats on the win. I was saying in our last segment that I'd like to see a little bit more explosive plays coming from the team. That was something that was very successful in a couple uh, touchdowns and then fourth down conversions for you guys. Are so we going to see more of those on Friday against Musselman?
0: Well, we hope. Um, you know, I, I was questioned a lot about the fourth down plays, and, and I think a lot of that is just it's confidence in our guys and the fact that uh, – you know, I just really don't like to punt. Uh, defensively, we, uh, we were playing really well, and, and I thought offensively we were playing really well and you know, saw some things we liked. But, uh, you know, definitely, hopefully we, you know, can continue to be explosive against Musselman. I know they have a really good team, and they, play, they always play us tough. So hopefully that continues.
2: Coach, looking back to that game on Friday, to begin the game, you guys didn't it didn't seem like you had a focal point on stopping their fullback, but then you guys came out after halftime and really stopped him. Maybe he had one or two more big runs, but was that a point of emphasis coming out into the second half was to stop their fullback?
0: Yeah, I mean he's a tough kid. I mean, we played he played against us two years ago as a sophomore and was a really good player. So we we knew he was going to be a kid that we weren't going to be able to hold to like zero yards or anything like that, but we needed to limit, um, his carries and kind of load up on him and try to stop him and then try to make some of these other guys beat us. And, um, uh, you know, defensively our co- defensive coaches and, and players, I mean, we really, they did a really good job adjusting and, uh, you know, it wasn't anything that we hadn't already done in practice, but, uh, just a couple things, you know, we needed to squeeze on a couple different plays and, And stuff like that and just did a really good job coaching and the guys focused in on uh, you know doing what they needed to do to to kind of stifle him in the second
3: half. Coach uh, we talked a lot about on the show how your dual quarterback system would work and uh, you know one thing I noticed on uh, Friday was how well Murphy did throwing the football not just running so obviously Ezra's got the big arm but to have that ability to throw Murphy in and still run some passing plays, uh, what do you think that gives for your offense?
0: Well, it opens up a lot. And, and, you know, both of those guys are really good quarterbacks, so that's why they both play. And they both have different strengths and, and, and diff- different weaknesses. And, and um, you know, Murphy is a dual threat for a reason. I mean, he can, he can run really well. You know, with uh, Braxton not playing at the moment, he may be the best running back on the team as well. But, you know, he can he does a lot of things for us. So we a couple years ago we had the situation with, with Grant Harmon and Elijah Banks and that's kind of the first time I'd seen two quarterbacks really work in a system together and these guys are, are not dissimilar from those two that you know, Murphy Murphy does a lot of stuff for us in defense. He can do a lot of stuff for us in the return game. Uh, you know, he can also punt when he's feeling feeling well so he can do he can do a lot of different stuff he's, he's just a really good athlete and Ezra's Ezra's a good quarterback Ezra's worked really hard and and uh, does really good things in the pocket so both of them played at an elite level and and uh, both of them will continue to play
4: Colin again here coach uh just going through this week now in preparation for muscleman what do you have uh day to day
0: uh, today we have a JV game against Morgantown at home at six so we'll have a varsity walkthrough JV game and then uh, our Tuesday Wednesday practices or, or defense offense um, heavy practices Thursday walkthrough and then Friday at 4:30 we load the buses and uh, head down to Bunker Hill
2: going back one more time to the game against Salem I um, have you guys? Do you guys have them? You know, penciled in for another matchup next season.
0: As far as I know, yes. I think we're we're under contract for them to come come to us next season. So I've not heard anything differently.
3: Coach, coach, any update on uh, Braxton Todd status potentially for Friday?
0: Uh, Braxton's he's he's finding out some more information, so he's not. Uh, it's not completely you know something that he's going to be out or anything like that. He's He's got another appointment this week, and uh, he'll find some more stuff out. So we're hopeful that uh, if not sooner, he'll be back in a couple weeks, and uh, he'll be uh, good to go. We just one of those situations where it's you don't want to bring him back too soon and, and mess his future up.
4: Just a quick follow-up. Anybody else on the team uh, in or out that we should be aware of?
0: No, as far as I know, other than the guys that didn't dress um on friday night everybody's still full strength and we came out pretty healthy
2: well thanks for joining us coach we'll be out at practice on wednesday with matt miller for the interview uh good luck this week we'll see you on wednesday and we'll see you on friday
0: all right guys appreciate it have a good week
2: thank you that was that was head coach of the martinsburg bulldogs Britt sherman and got got a lot of good stuff from him
4: yeah always do he's a great coach with a great football team right now enjoyed that one and looking forward to being on the uh, sideline again this friday there in uh muscleman high school you got
2: anything nick
3: yeah, yeah just good stuff you know answered our questions which is nice to have a coach that answers questions right
2: uh, yeah i mean i guess you and i we were talking to doc holiday for four years yeah <laughs> didn't get a lot of questions answered besides coach speak yeah all right well we've hit the uh the next break uh, this break is sponsored in part by or this segment was sponsored in part by Hagerstown Ford revolutionizing the car buying experience buy your next vehicle online they'll deliver it to you and if you don't like it they'll take it back at Hagerstownford.com we'll be back talk a little uh, potentially some MLB and other things going around in the professional ranks that's next on the sports mix
5: I was feeling like myself for the first time in a long time.
6: I want to thank you for your continued support of helping Hagerstown Ford's efforts to be number one in the region. As we get closer to this extremely aggressive goal, I want to recap why Hagerstown Ford should be your only consideration when buying your next vehicle. Number one, we have the best prices from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C., from Hershey, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland. I assure you, price will not be the reason you don't buy from Hagerstown Ford. Number two, we have a real return policy that's better than Walmart. Seriously, if you don't like it, return it. We'll give you three days to make sure you love your new ride. And finally, we'll bring your new car, truck, or SUV to you, just like Amazon does. Never step foot in a dealership again. Stop the silly back-and-forth negotiations that make everyone crazy. It's dumb, and it's a total waste of time. Besides, we hate it worse than you do. Simply log on to HagerstownFord.com and let us make your next buying process fun, easy, and risk-free. What do you got to lose? Visit HagerstownFord.com and let us cater to you. See dealer for details. When you've been in a wreck,
3: you're hurting, you're confused, the insurance company's calling you. Insurance companies are not your friend. They have a duty to their shareholders, not to you. That's why you need to call us to make sure that you are maximizing what you are entitled to. We've recovered over $100 million for our clients. Every case is different. No result is guaranteed. But one thing's for sure, we'll treat you like family. NCAA Division II football returns to TV 10 with the Shepard University Rams. Big hole for Sheldon Evans running off the left side. 15, 10, 5. End zone. Touchdown, Sheldon Evans. This is Nick Verzellini, and Be sure to join Travis Smith and me on Thursday, September 2nd, as the Rams travel to Ohio Dominican to take on the Panthers. Pre-game coverage begins at 6.30 with kickoff scheduled for 7 p.m. Catch all the action all season long on
1: TV10 and the WRNR TV YouTube channel. You're tuned into the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM740, and TV10.
2: Welcome back to the Sports Mix. This segment presented in part by the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors. John Everson and Phil McCoy call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343 or stop by their offices at 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg. Uh, Some big Nationals news coming down yesterday, I believe. I think it was yesterday morning. They're recalling. I guess, is it recalling or selecting the contract of? Because they've not had it. Well, I think if you're already on the 40, man, even if you haven't been called That's up, true. it's still a recall. Their number one prospect, and the guy they got along with Josiah Gray in the Max Scherzer trade turner grade, that is Caber Ruiz, and you've talked a lot about him on the show since he got traded.
3: Yeah, I've been excited about him. I mean, I figured he'd be up at some point this year and uh, to get him called up. You know, helps this team because catcher's probably a position where they could use a guy with a better bat than what they've had in the past, and I think Kiebert Ruiz definitely could be that guy, uh, one of the top prospects in baseball. Um, as you mentioned, the Nationals' number one prospect. I think, again, too, we were talking about, you know, throughout uh, the show, you know, since we started, pretty much how this last month and or so would would be about finding guys for your 2022 team more so than getting wins, and I think Ruiz has a chance to be the starting catcher for them in 2022.
2: And I really think he does, but I, I listened to uh, Davey Martinez' press conference yesterday, and he mentioned something about not putting a catcher down, like setting a catcher down to the minors, which is pretty interesting to me. They're going to go with a three-catcher system. Well, I guess it really doesn't matter because the rosters yeah, the will, roster expand will expand here expand. in the next couple of days, but I, just, I wonder how that's all going to play out Innings wise Because he said that he would like to get If Kieber doesn't start he would get him in In some pitch hitting and coming in late Defensive situations so I think that Is something interesting to look forward to but He gets to be he gets to catch The guy his battery mate tonight Will be Josiah Gray the guy he was Traded along with and I believe they Were on the same uh, teams In the minors with the Dodgers So that's got to be some confidence for both guys Coming into tonight
4: Yeah you definitely got to hope for a some familiarity there especially just as you said since they're both young guys just coming off the trade going up against a uh, Philadelphia Philly team right now that I think is trending up in uh, baseball right now haven't really been following the Phillies that much but nonetheless it should be a fun one tonight for the Nationals and a lot of teams that We'll be struggling here Uh, come in September. You're probably going to see a lot of their prospects coming up since those rosters expand, hoping for my Orioles to do the same.
2: I mean, the Nats really already have done that with a lot of players because they traded away a bulk of their players, so they're bringing in a lot of players. They're bringing up a lot of players that wouldn't normally have playing time. And, you know, looking at Luis, he's the number 15th overall prospect in baseball, according to Baseball America, number three overall catching prospect, and the Nats number one prospect. So it'll be pretty interesting to see what the Nats can get for him. He was on fire with the Nats. I believe he had like three or four two-homer games down in AAA uh, Rochester for the Nats. He's put up tremendous numbers. His line is 310, 377, 616. I mean, that's just crazy. He's not going to produce that in the big leagues, obviously. But How do you know? I don't know, but I mean. If he's as good as you're telling me he is, he will eventually. Eventually. Maybe not right now is what I'm saying. There you go. Any other takes on this? I mean, it, it, no, not really. Yeah, no. <laughs> so the Washington D.C. Sports Hall of Fame is going to induct the class of 2020 and 2021. For those that don't know, that the D.C. Sports Hall of Fame was at RFK Stadium, and it has since, since 2008, been moved to Nationals Park. So some interesting people in, um, some, a few interesting people in that class include Harrison Boone, Herman Boone, excuse me. You know who Herman Boone is. No, one of you guys said your favorite movie was *Remember the Titans*. Oh, Well, yeah, he was the coach of TC Williams High School. <laughs> who <led> his team <laughs> <with> <laughs> I knew I knew the name, but I just didn't. I didn't know who that was. He'll <laughs> be in there. He actually passed away in December of 2019. Gary Clark, the four-time Pro Bowl selection with the Washington Football Team organization. Uh, I don't know exactly how to address that. They'll have teams of distinction include the 2019. WNBA champion Washington Mystics in the 2019 World Series champion Washington Nationals in the class of 2021. There's not a, it, there's not a lot of players in there that I've heard of. I mean, and then there's some journalists that I've heard of, including John Feinstein, who is a writer and he's Washington based. He he uh, is a lot of times does radio hits on the DC radio. That's why I know him. Um, But there's not a lot of other familiar names in there. But I totally forgot that the D.C. Sports Hall of Fame was a thing, to be honest with you. But it's pretty nice that they're inducting two classes this year to adjust for having the COVID season or COVID year.
4: Yeah, you see that with a lot of uh, organizations, whether large or small, when it comes to the uh, Hall of Fame process, still want to give the honor to uh, the class that seemed like was uh, not getting the opportunity last year due to the COVID, so – Congratulations to all those uh that are being inducted into the DC Sports Hall of Fame.
2: The Nats start a three game set tonight at home against the Phillies. Tonight on the bump we mentioned Josiah Gray for the Nats and for excuse me, the Phillies at Zach Wheeler. So that will be a very interesting matchup.
3: Yeah, it should be a good game. I mean, Wheeler's one of the top pitchers in baseball and Gray, uh a good young guy that I'm excited to see. Yeah, every night he pitches.
4: Yeah, I agree. Definitely should be a fun one. Always a uh, fun when it's a Washington Philadelphia sports matchup, no or mem- uh, no matter, excuse me, what sport it is.
2: Now let's talk about some NFL stuff as we've we're twenty 20, just about twenty seven hours away from the cut day and as we look forward to the regular season. Bill Belichick is quote has some decisions to make after the preseason finale, including starting quarterback which is very interesting to me because I thought we knew all along Cam was going to start the season.
4: I still think he is. However, I have definitely been impressed with uh what Mac Jones has done the entire preseason, and I think eventually he will be the starter for the New England Patriots. But I think when it comes to week one and it's that comparison and that matchup, Bill Belichick needs to go with a guy that would be more familiar with. The NFL and that's Cam Newton.
3: I think he needs to go with whoever he thinks is the better quarterback. And if he's there still talking hey, about it, I agree it, with you on that. And if he's still talking about, he hasn't made a decision yet or whatever. That makes me think that maybe it will be Mac Jones. Yeah, I mean, when, or it's when just I Bill Belichick
4: that. being Bill Belichick trying to, true, he's confuse. one of those coaches that yeah. doesn't
3: answer questions. We're on to Cincinnati. Yeah,
2: exactly. That's my favorite quote. But from Bill I
3: don't Belichick. know. I feel like if you want to install confidence in Cam Newton. You would say Cam's our starter. He's our guy. Yeah. Well, at least that's, that's what true. most coaches would do. So to me, that that kind of leans toward Mac, but we'll see. I think Mac would fit their offense better because he's more Brady-like, and that's what McDaniel's is worked with and had his most success with. You know, Josh McDaniel's gets a lot of credit, but is he really? Is it Brady? And McDaniel's was kind of a debate for a while there, and I think Brady obviously proved that it's him, right? Because he won a Super Bowl without Belichick and without that system. Obviously, he had a ton of talent around him, but still, but still, still Tom Brady, man, still,
4: still Tom, Tom Brady. Brady, the seven-time Super Bowl champion.
2: Uh, so, Colin, you want to talk about fantasy football? I heard yeah, you had your draft over Yeah, the I, I had and mine as well. My draft well, Saturday. I got to have my draft. I got to figure this out. So, I was champions. I was a champion in my league last year that I played with at my uh, one of my the places that I worked before here as my part-time job before I finally got a job in broadcasting, I won the championship, which the funny part about this was I was working that day, so I wasn't supposed to be doing my draft. But I did, like, the first, I think it was, like, four or five picks, and then I let it auto-draft because I had to. I was working. And I was kind of not too happy. You call about off
3: work for that,
2: for the I, draft. Are I usually do, but the the work... Uh, that's it was, why I have mine on a weekend. We have it at night. Well, yeah. yeah, but it was on a weekend, but... It was people I work with. yeah. So I didn't get off that day. About four of them did. Unbelievable. Um, I ended up winning the championship, and I just reached out last week because, obviously, I don't work there anymore. Now I have my job really? and my career, Obvious <laughs> as obvious as that is. And I you know, I was like, so are we playing fantasy again? Like, I want to play. He's like, you want to defend your title, don't you? I was like, yeah, I do. Duh. Like, really? And then I haven't heard anything since. So I really got to circle back because we're getting close to the NFL season.
4: That's true. And uh, part of me – thinks that I might have drafted a little bit too early. I'm the commissioner of the league. I was just asking Oh, wow, I, Well, I was asking everybody else when they were available and they said Saturday. However, as you saw that preseason game, JK Dobbins was injured and unfortunately the guy that was uh, at work and chose to stay auto drafting got that's stuck Spencer'd with him. Special of your league. Yeah, and unfortunately hey, for him, he now has a guy rounds. that's hurt and that's something that people have to be aware of whenever you draft too early is you still have those possible season-ending injuries that happen in the preseason, or some crazy trades, or guys opting out, or somebody gets in trouble. You never know, but nonetheless, I know for our generation, fantasy football is something that we uh love to do, and I think that I did all right with my draft. I don't know about you, Nick.
3: Well, let's let's. Well, talk I about. started a dynasty league this year. Um, so was that I was, not invited to your dynasty? <laughs> you weren't invited now. Wow. Yeah, it was it was agreed on with people that were in the league last year. So
2: who's in this league? Your friends back home or at your WMW? Uh, I don't, I don't know. We'll have to talk about that off air. Wow. <laughs> we're on to Cincinnati. We're wow. We're on to, we're on 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 to really? fantasy football. Okay. Okay. Nick, I see how it is. Look, I see I, it's how not it my league. It's Andrew Rogers' league. So well,
3: you can I'm come gonna, to him about I'm
2: going to come to him. I'm going to call him the, right after we get off there. I, I don't
3: invite people in the league. Anyway. Um, so yeah, we had our dynasty draft without Spencer. Um. <laughs>
2: okay, you have to preva- pre make,
3: it preface it like that. Now, now he does. Yeah, now because you get all offended about it. So yeah, I gotta make a point. Um. So dynasty's weird because Patrick Mahomes went second, and I'm sitting there and like all the quarterbacks are coming off the board. So I'm drafting like how I normally do. So I don't really have a future for my team, but this year I'm looking pretty good. Uh, the I did- future is now is what you're <laughs> yeah. saying. Yeah, I'm in a win now mode. You know, yeah, because I figure. Eventually, people are going to get tired of playing, so we're just all yeah. Eventually. Can
4: you really have a tr- dynasty? That's the right. question. Are your guys really going to actually gonna be stick committed? together to be committed so I'm like, for all a dynasty? In the money
3: this year? You know, and then whatever happens in the future, yeah, you it's know, smart. I'll worry about it later. So, I did draft the Sean Watson as my quarterback. That's so risky, yeah. But I got Brady. Okay, so I figured that's smart. he was a top ten fantasy quarterback last year. He's bound to be that again. So I got Brady as my starter. I got Watson for the future. So I did kind of go future there. Okay, and then another thing was obviously you want to draft a guy like J.K. Dobbins. So I'm sitting there in round 20 because we also actually have a taxi squad that you kind of have young guys uh, that you put on there, and we have IR spots. And I'm like, some other running back got hurt. Oh, Cam Akers. Let me draft him here in round 20. So I got a potential steal there for the future.
4: Smart. See, for our league that uh, we do, I always have liked a uh, PPR league. Yeah, that's what we and do And for those well. of you guys that listening, points per reception if yeah. you're not aware. So – I always tend to go wide receiver core, just as deep as I can get it. Even though, obviously, if you get the number one pick, you'd love to have Christian McCaffrey, just being that. I ended up with back. at five, so I but felt pretty good about that. Too. I got the King Henry, so I should be all right. Running back-wise, he doesn't catch the ball, though. So that, yes, as I was saying, is an issue. But I always like doing my best into getting those wide receivers that I know will be a like wide receiver one, maybe even a good wide receiver too that if your wide receiver one's getting shut down he's gonna be picking up the load but fantasy football is always big and I always see I don't know if you guys have ever done it but my league's never done it you see on social media those last place punishments yeah have you guys ever had to do any of those I have not or do you have a league that has
3: that we are trying to install one and we might go with the Waffle House one which one What's the Waffle, the waffle house? house? The twenty four hour Waffle House okay.
2: challenge. There's no okay. Waffle House here. Is there?
3: I don't oh, know. There is a waffle I'm not gonna house? finish last, so I'm not worried about it. But Zimmer's <laughs> gonna get last. Zimmer drafted four defensive linemen. Hey, is
2: that a shout out? Because I believe he listens to the show as much as he <laughs> can. Of course
3: can. he does. I mean he's my guy. I love Zimmer, but Yeah, he drafted four defensive linemen. You can only play one. We also drafted defensive players. Okay. Whoa, I've wow. never done one like that. <laughs> I have that. never
4: done one. I, I just feel like I that'd don't be think too it'll... long of a draft.
3: Yeah, that's why it was a very long draft. Um, I don't think it will make much of a difference, really. Because you look at how the scoring works for them. Who and drafted I Chase Young? Zimmer. Because he's got all the D linemen. He, I'm confused. He, I thought he was a Giants he went, fan. He why went hard he on the that, D line. On Washington D he thinks it's going to give him the advantage. You win the game in the trenches, but what Zimmer failed to realize is there's only one trench. <laughs> so he's trying to trade me like Aaron Donald for whatever, like one of my running backs cuz he didn't draft the running back until like round 7. So I don't know what he was doing. But anyway, I love Zimmer. He's going to end up in the Waffle House. And the Waffle House challenge, you're in there for 24 hours or until you eat 24 waffles essentially. I don't think he he'll make I don't think he'll waffle, get down 24. Waffles. Well, one waffle, each waffle counts off an hour, an hour of your time.
2: I don't think Zimmer can do 24 waffles. No, Zimmer can probably do like 4. Uh, yeah, I think, maybe. I think maybe he'll be there for 20 hours. I don't know. Yeah. We've got about the uh, a minute left in in the show today. It was a
4: pretty good show today. Yeah, definitely. I, I like having to...
2: Colin on sometimes. I appreciate that. <laughs> sometimes. sometimes.
4: Sometimes was I guess the backhanded compliment, so let's just <laughs> let's just keep it with the first half of
3: the sentence.
2: Uh, no, how about we do the whole sentence, buddy? Yeah,
3: We don't need too much, Colin.
2: We don't need too much, Colin, but nah. sometimes the we fans want Too much of the sports doctor. Let, let's the see. fans
3: want more, Colin, maybe.
4: They want what? What do they want? Jim Klein definitely Jim Klein wants, wants more of the sports doctor. Yeah, Shout out to him if he's listening in today. So hopefully we have him, I think you were saying, next week. Yeah, we'll we do get next ready Tuesday. Volleyball.
3: Once volleyball season starts, we'll probably have the sports doctor and, and uh, Jim Klein on every yep. Tuesday.
4: Appreciate yeah. you guys letting me on today. and. I'll be listening the rest of the week. Oh, you will? I'll do my best to.
2: Okay. All right. Well, that was that is the show today. It was it was a pretty good show. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Uh, for Colin McLaughlin, Britt Sherman, thanks for coming on. Nick Verzellini, I'm Spencer. We have a great rest of your afternoon. Boom.